Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. I'm KC. And I'm Tyler. And you're listening to The Element Podcast. What is happening to all my woods people? This is the Element Pro- Podcast brought to you by First Light Gear. Tyler's over here pulling my cord. What's up, dog? I ain't pulling on nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you're tangled. Yeah, kind of like that Disney movie that everybody talks about and I never watched. Tangled in the I bet you watched that quite a few times, right? What? Tangled? I know. No? I mean, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know. I figured your daughter I don't know the name of all of them. would have liked that. It's the Rapunzel one. I never watched Not it. Not familiar. Yeah. Well, I thought maybe we could just Disney movie it a little bit, but you know, it's probably better that we don't. Hell, it's a losing proposition <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. Talk about franchises that are dying, right? I Seems mean, to be that way. It's the element and Disney just going downhill. <laughs> <laughs> Two opposite thinkers, though. That's uh, it, man. That's it. Well, um, today, today on the podcast, things are going to go downhill. Because this is how it goes, guys. <laughs> you all probably know a season of deer hunting has many, many seasons within it, right? Size on. There's good. There's bad. To be cliche, there is ugly, and that is usually Eric. Um, oh, but man. He's not here today to defend himself. I'll stop. Hey, this is where I got the Brian mustaches off of this pillow right here. You know that green wow. thing that I put in my nose to look like Brian's mustache? How about that? Interesting. I had no idea. Um, anyways, um, we have had a excelente season, and it's not over yet. In fact, a big buck has gone down on the Element Crew recently, but we won't talk about that today. You can look forward to hearing more about that in a future episode. I'm going to be killing deer till like, March. I think that's what I'm going to do this year. It's a good idea. Yep. Um, how many of those deer are going to have spots on them? Zero. Mm. Are you sure? Depends on what kind of spots you're talking about. Uh, I'm talking about them good spots, not the bad spots. 
good spots, huh? Mm-hmm. Like spotty hands? What? Spotlights? No, no. <laughs> no. Uh, we might do us a little axis hunting in the spring. Oh, those kind of do. Yeah, spots. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. But uh, I don't think I got the money to do that. Yeah, you probably don't. Don't keep hunting that Stinks permission property and just hoping one doe will come by, you know? Yeah. Well, you could pass them like me. <laughs> Be a good idea. <laughs> um, we uh, We did a little hunting this year across the country. And there's some things that Todd and I were just discussing aren't going to make the light of day as far as video is concerned. So we're going to have to talk about it on the podcast. Otherwise, they didn't happen, right? Yeah. And, and here's the deal, y'all. I hate to be this way. It's like this. Um, but on the podcast is where you get the real story on things. YouTube is kind of like Hollywood a little bit. We try to be we, – we never are deceptive or anything like – we try to stick to the storyline and not make things be too weird. Uh, but quite frankly, if we put out a YouTube video where there's no deer seen and all we do is bellyache the whole time, nobody's going to watch that. So there's not a lot of reason to put it out there. So that's where the podcast is, what the podcast is for. And we <clears throat> sometimes can learn from everybody's mistakes and hopefully be better in the future. Uh, and you can do that pretty well on a podcast. Whereas on a YouTube video, like nobody watches it, nobody learns, and it's just a bunch of bad stuff out there for the world mm-hmm. to not see. Um, so, <clears throat> whenever we, whenever I killed my deer in Kansas, we had a party. Party. We ate pizza, and we ate good, got us some sleep, got up the next morning not too early, packed it up, and made... A little drive down to the woods of Oklahoma and did this little hunting. And uh, there in Oklahoma, the weather's pretty temperate. And so we stayed in a little camper. And just, it's it's actually a thing I look forward to every year because I, uh, I like staying in our pop-up camper. For one, Tyler and I get to be cozy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm making up for now. I'm actually across the living room from him yep. doing this thing. Um but uh, in the pop-up camper, whenever you have five guys in there, uh, Michael and Greg sleep in the same bed because they're both smaller fellers. Um, Tyler and I Smellers. sleep in the same bed That's because we call we're the peepaws. So um, one of us is going to have to get up in the middle of the night and go to the bathroom, and we're pretty forgiving of that because you never know which one of us is going to have to be. I do, I bet. Yep, I know for sure. <laughs> but uh, and then Eric that makes sense though. What? Because you sleep on the outside? Well, you said that they were smaller fellers, so they shared a bed, yeah. the, which is also known as smellers. <laughs> they and, are uh, that, too. <laughs> and the two bigger fellers, which are bellers, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> sleep in a bed together, too. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's just the way it has well, to be. it also just established that way when we first started sleeping in that pop-up, and then just... It's kind of weird to be like, no, I want to sleep with you this time. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, well, I, I mean, I think Eric is like the exact amount of tall that you can be to sleep on the couch comfortably. Yeah. I think if you're any taller. Yeah. Like five, nine and a quarter. Yep. Yeah. That's about what you can do right there. And <clears throat> we first used that thing in Illinois last year and really liked it, but we didn't know uh, – Greg or Michael as well back then, so it's kind of like we're not going to share a bed with those guys yet, you know, to protect all parties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now we know who's getting protected. Actually, yeah, it was us. Yeah, <laughs> but for um, sure, for uh, sure. Anyways, that we've kind of it's like 
you know how you get your spots at the eating table. That's kind of how we got in the pop-up. And it works all right. Yeah. Um, besides, I think that um, on that other end, there's a little rotten spot. And we don't have to deal with the rotten spot. No. On no. <clears throat> but uh, anyways, we stay in a pop-up. And uh, we uh, go out and do us a little drive around that evening. And we might even hunt the first. Did we hunt the first evening? This is... I did. Hard to recollect. What did hunted, you do? I hunted an evening and a morning is all. Yeah. Um, I went in real deep and I busted a buck about, I don't know, a hundred yards from where I really was trying to get to, I think, mm-hmm. um, that was bedded in some cedars. And then we sat the rest of the evening and I don't think we saw any deer or we saw three does. We were sitting kind of way deep in this property, kind of next to a wheat field, um, mm-hmm. just looking for like that bed to food pattern with these little canes around. And I ended up seeing a buck just at the top of his rack over the hill in this wheat field and um, like right before dark. And so there was really, he kind of disappeared behind that hill and there was no way to make it happen. And I could see down the, the draw a little ways and see anything coming. So it was like five minutes left till shooting. We took off and got out of there quick. Mm, but, got you. I think we glassed the first evening because the place that we were going to go into had a guy early at it already. And this is going to kind of be the story of Oklahoma. Um, the pressure was ridiculous this year. Yep. There were people Everywhere, and I don't just mean like at the turnaround at the big old property. You know, there were people on every corner, just hunting, hanging out, thinking about hunting, hanging and hunting, talking about the hunting they did, this and that and the other. The first evening we decided to go do a little celebration. There's a little cafe there in town, and <clears throat> ended up we we met a couple element friends, was a couple woods people there. You know yep. who you are. Good talking to you fellers, people of the woods. Um, and uh, that was kind of neat, fun thing to do. Um, and, uh, yeah, got our bellies full with uh, just high ambition for the rest of the week. Because, Tyler, Oklahoma is supposed to be awesome deer hunting, right? Well, who are you asking? Just me? Well, the general perception. I don't know. I think there's an increasing amount of uh, luster or allure for people yeah generally over the last few years uh there's been some big deer killed there there's been man my foot got just all tangled up and, <laughs> you take your shoe off um <laughs> his foot was so tangled he took his shoe off I had and just to. lifted kind of like um, that raccoon leaving his foot in the snare just ooh, leaving it there i don't like it <laughs> I think that, uh, I don't know. I just don't know what the perception is because I don't talk to people anymore that aren't you um, yeah. or my wife. But, yeah, I think that uh, it would seem that maybe that pressure is a product of a few years of some big deer dying on, on uh, Oklahoma properties. But, you know, I don't know. Oklahoma's a weird state. It's it's pretty, you know, it's pretty diverse. It is a um, weird state. In the habitat and such. It's kind of the south. It's kind of the west. It's kind of the north, according kind of, to me. Kind of the plains, kind of the mountains, kind of the yeah, you know. That's why they call it the woods. red. Yeah. Hey, we for sure putting that song on this episode. Absolutely, Michael. Maybe be you ready. better pay some royalties. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. Um, 
So uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know like how hype people. I guess what I'm saying is I don't know how hype people are compared to hunting. You know, Iowa or something like that. I feel as if it's gotten a lot of publicity in the past few years mm-hmm. because of some yahoos who shoot deer on public land and put it on YouTube. Um, <laughs> I don't know who those are, uh, but why, why would they do that, right? I don't know um, why they would, but I can promise you, <clears throat> yeah, that's, I uh, still need to shoot one, that's for yeah, sure. Here's the deal, guys. <clears throat> Straight up, we are in a losing battle as uh, the element because there's this thing that we do, uh, which is called filming deer hunts, that makes deer hunting look like fun, and it is, but it makes people want to do it more, and that's something we want to do. However, if more people do it, then you see more people out there, and it makes things harder. So it's kind of like we're a snake eating its own tail. Dude, speaking of all this, this Mm -hmm. is ironic, but I saw a guy who has access to one of the baddest properties in Oklahoma. He can kill monsters there every year, Mm -hmm. and recently went and killed a, a deer on public, first deer on public. In Kansas, like recently, on on public land, mm-hmm. and uh, and this guy's older. Like he's not like a young guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not. I don't know how young, but I mean, he's not like he's not like fresh out of high school or nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's going to be close to our age or maybe a little younger. Mm-hmm. It's like, is he doing that because he thinks it's cool to do? And he saw he's seen it on some YouTube and stuff like that. Thinks mm-hmm. that it's cool to do, or was it just like a coincidence? And he might not go back and do it. Like that, he just kind of had some time this year or something. And maybe he doesn't watch YouTube at all. But like, it just seems very much like, man, this guy left like some of the baddest property out there to go hunt a different state with an expensive tag on some public. You know, I, just, I just wonder, man, like how how much the culture is turning to people just going and hunting on public land. And it just, I don't know. It's one, I wonder like, is it going to drive lease prices down? No. You don't think? Mm-mm. Think demand's still going to be there for this? I just think that once prices go up on things, they never come down. Well, yeah, but I mean, inflation is going up too. So I mean, relative to the value of the dollar, are they going to, are they going to sit? I don't mean I don't mean are they going to come down, but are they going to sit? Well, be nice if they would. Things inflate because I like leasing ground. It's kind of fun. <sighs> Me too. Golly, actually, man. the process of leasing is the worst. But actually, having a having a piece of the hunting private, process of that is yeah, the part that's fun. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I feel like maybe it's just be my perspective. It's kind of maybe this is a thing y'all can help us with, people listening. Um, is the public land thing losing steam or is it like one of those deals where maybe like the front runners are slowing down some, but like just in general in mass, there's still a ton of people who are thinking that's cool and getting after it. You think it's, you think it's losing steam? The, the, uh, I didn't say I, I'm asking the question because there are, there are people out there who think that is the case. I've heard, I've seen that oh. portrayed some. I don't think at all. Yeah, I don't. Personally, I, don't. I think there's, I think there's, that's what my point was with that guy is like, I think people are going out and trying it all the time. I talk to people all the time that like are in my network 
but like I don't know them that well, or maybe I know them, but just you know, they're old friend, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they they do this kind of it's the same same thing you see on TV all the time, right? Where somebody shoots a management deer or a coal buck, and they got to justify it, like he ain't the biggest, but mm-hmm. man, I you know I got to shoot him because he's a coal buck or whatever. And it's like, man, just talk about like I liked shooting that deer; that was fun, you know. Yeah, it's the same thing where people will call me or talk to me and be like. Well, it wasn't on public, you know, or anything. Or, like, they'll, they'll be like, I'm thinking about going and trying some public land here this year, you know. Like, like that I would approve of that or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I just think you should try deer hunting. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I mean? Yeah, for sure. But I th- I feel like, to me, that it seems like it is still going strong that that is the case. Now, as far as, like, viewership on videos that like that, I mean, everybody over the last, you know, seven years has really – there's been – plenty of push towards that public land i think there's a lot of videos of public land deer being shot out there so like i don't know if the if people are like necessarily drawn to watch public land deer get shot all the time but like more that they just like a good story and i think people like giant bucks and no matter where you put it it's like the giant buck is the basis of the formula and then you can add things to it it's like the X and the X equals Y or whatever. You know what I mean? So um, you add public land to it and something. Add archery to it. Add, you know, uh, trad boat to it. Add, you know, poach to it. You know, like yeah. all these things make something more intriguing for people. So like adding public land to something, if it's already a big buck, people think, oh, wow, he killed that on public. But nobody looks at like, you know, my South Dakota deer from – a couple years ago, and I was like, oh, he killed that on public? Well, yeah, those are around, you know. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was like an epic experience, you know, but I think that... I just wonder if... I just I just feel like, though, that like when it comes to actually hunting, people are... People are... Uh, there's still a lot of people out there that are like wanting to do a little traveling yeah. and so slash going to public So if that is land. the case, we are generating more revenue... For we'll just be nice and call them wildlife agencies, um, then they should then be in turn either trying to put more animals in the landscape or giving give people more opportunity through added seasons or added properties, right? Um, I mean, I would agree with that. I don't know how I can like. I don't know. They, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I just don't know how I can say that everybody should agree with that. I guess, you know, where's the money going? So if if the if the wildlife department is there to and their their main function is to progress wildlife and the hunting and the take of thereof, if there's more money for more but, people going to public and and more people buying licenses. Is there more money just because more people are hunting public or are like, are we really, I guess, recruiting or is there just more people that are taking a public land out of state trip every year? Yeah, I don't know. About that. Well, if they're taking an out of state trip, then if or it's whatever. out of state, there's more money. If it's, it's in like state, out of state slash public land, like could be either or, or, and if somebody's, yeah, if somebody's going out of state to hunt public land, there's more money for that, that state than what they're used to would have been. But if they're staying in state and they're saying, okay, unless I'm they leave. cap tag numbers, yeah, unless, yeah, exactly. Which how smart? What a great idea! Mm-hmm. Let's limit the revenue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but supposedly makes it better hunting. 
Well, and they can if they're Kansas, they can make the tag five hundred bucks, and there's a handful of people that'll yeah. still pay it. Mm-hmm. Five hundred's low, I think, right? I think it's what it costs. I think it ends up being like six. It was six oh eight for me this past year. I think. Dang, they got you. Yeah, they didn't get me. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> but anyways, that was a kind of a side trip for about near. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, yes, but I would agree if they're if they're making more revenue, or selling more tags, I yeah. guess, because revenue they're going to make more revenue just based off the fact that uh, we're in an inflated time and they're able to increase tag costs but also um mm-hmm. cost of living's higher so the biologist that's making 60 or whatever probably needs to make 70 this year you know yeah but that all kind of <clears throat> brings us back to the point of pressure was an issue uh this year yes and i have friends that hunt in missouri i have a couple different friends like not that weren't hunting together that all hunted missouri public land and said it was <clears throat> the craziest dude fest they've ever seen in their life like I mean, they were literally hanging in stands around people because that's how many people were around. And so it's just uh, kind of a weird thing that we have to deal with. And um, you can always say, well, you got to go deeper or whatever. And, yeah, that's true. But, man, sometimes, like, on a 600-acre property, (laughs) if there's a guy hunting in the middle of it, I don't want to go deeper because it's still kind of close to that guy, you know, or whatever. You don't have to walk by somebody. I guess what I'm saying is, like, hunting around other people isn't my favorite thing to do. And so, and it makes things tough because you don't know where people's wind is blowing. You don't know who's been in there the day before, but they're not in there that day. And it just can make things difficult, pressure-wise. So, we didn't really um, spend much time in Oklahoma on that hunt. Kind of hurts. Yeah. We decided to... I wonder if it's like that across the state or just where we were at. And I if, and I wonder if if you didn't see us, I, just, I don't want this to sound yeah. egotistical, but I wonder if like us p- putting out a video on on it in Buck Truck affected that at all, you I know? Because it doesn't take much in certain areas to uh, many yeah. guys to make it feel like it's a full property. Yeah, <clears throat> um, it could, or it could just be a big old quinky dink where that place had a lot of pressure. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. Lots of variables. Yeah, but uh, we, you left out <coughs> a day early because you had, I think you had a Thanksgiving or something coming up, or I don't know. You left early because you were smart. Uh, <laughs> and uh, was it only a day? Might have been two days. I don't really remember. I felt like there was two days of hunting there. Uh, we came home on the nineteenth. I do know that. So it wasn't a Thanksgiving. But That's you when came, y'all came. Yeah, because I came home on my anniversary. Um, um, I came home. This is after this is after you shot your Kansas. I bug? shot it on the fifteenth. Okay, probably because I'd just been gone a long time. I don't mm-hmm. know why I went home. Oh yeah, because you went on that Texas hunt before yeah. Kansas. So yeah, you just went home because of that. Um, and there weren't deer running around too much. So you're like, ah, uh, I think I probably. Leave. Man, why did I leave? Uh, you just got tired of us. Um, probably. But we hunted for a few more days, and there ain't much to talk about. Uh, I'm telling you, I did have a weird encounter that I would like to talk about for a second. Um, deer were rutting and doing a thing. They were on lockdown for uh, a good amount of it. You'd say, I don't mean, I don't know how you really. Say that. There oh. were more deer locked down with those than there were deer doing chasing stuff. 
But we I did, had to coach fo- a football game. Mm, That's why. We did have a good hunt one evening where we saw quite a few deer and had a buck run through, cruising, chasing does around, and it was like a two-year-old, which I was willing to shoot a two-year-old eight at that point in time. I, I hadn't killed a ton of deer yet, and uh, I need some food, and I was excited to just shoot some stuff, man. Um, I was going to shoot a doe, too, if I had a really great opportunity. Didn't have that. But this buck, we hear, like, doing the you know, like, you can tell when it's just a deer running on the right clip. And uh, this deer runs in. Greg, I look back at him. He's, like, behind me, and I can see his chest. This is, like, going up and down. He's, like, excited. I'm, like, oh, gosh, is it a big buck? And uh, ends up he can't get around to look at it, so he's just, like, excited because he knows it's a buck. And finally, the deer kind of, like, goes through some cedars, and some oak trees or something, and uh, I uh, get a glimpse of it, and I'm like, that's a doe. Where's the buck? And ends up, that is the buck. This deer's a two-year-old buck that I, with my binoculars at 30 yards, cannot find antlers on it. Like, I almost wonder if there's not pedicles on this deer. Like, if it is an antlerless buck, because he is just doing the thing, and he, I cannot find a stitch of antler on his head. It was a weird thing, but... Did you check from behind to see no, if he was I a buck? No, I never saw a hang down or anything, but it had to be. I mean, does do not do what this thing was doing. He yeah. had hawks, if I remember right, but does sometimes have dog, hawks too. So, Interesting. Yeah. It was a weird thing. Huh. So I didn't shoot that one, and then that was about it. We did uh, have a tiger salamander crawl underneath our trash bag one night. Weird. And we were loading up, and it was like, it's a water dog, but like mature form, right? Mm-hmm. And this thing... Like, stretched out was like a foot long. It's pretty cool. And I let him loose and put him underneath a piece of bark or something. That way, hopefully, he found him a hole before it got too cold. Yeah. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Yeah, and Market House provides everything from grass-fed beef to free-range chicken, Mm. grass-fed lamb, and even wild-caught king crab and seafood. Market House keeps small farm values, trusted sources, and clean mouth-watering food for your family. And like I said, Market House ships all orders overnight. Order today, enjoy tomorrow. And you can even keep the camo on for dinner, even if the filet mignon is on the table. With Market House, it doesn't matter because the cuts and catches come straight to your door. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. And everybody knows how hard it is these days to find high-quality, sustainably sourced meat and seafood at their local grocery store. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. 
Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild. But searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today. Because trust me, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth. Interesting, mm-hmm. but that was uh, that was Oklahoma, and then we went to Thanksgivings, and you went to Arkansas. Yep, you did too. Not before. Well, you went before I did. Yeah, I was up there a day and a half or so mm-hmm. ahead, I guess. Yep, it was also very tough. There's not a whole lot to talk about except for really for me for one instance. From from deer hunting perspective, you uh, <clears throat> we go there and we're gonna hunt out of the boat a lot. But you ended up zoning in on a spot that was more of a walk in type deal. Yeah, it was really dry, so the river is really low. They're in pretty major drought right now, I think. And we end up um, the first. Let's see, the first evening I believe it was. Um, we were going to walk in. We're kind of hunting similar place than we hunted last year. Um, and we walk in to a place that Clay and Michael had seen a buck or, or had a same buck encounter twice or something. like I, I, They'd seen some bucks back in there. And so I was like, oh, it's about a, I don't know, it's about a mile in there. So we'll walk in, and as we get close, we'll start rattling. And we go... Rattling off through there, nothing. Get pretty close to where Michael thought this buck was last year. Rattle, nothing. Sit there for 20 minutes, nothing. So get up, start moving pretty slowly. Wind's blowing decent. And um, I don't know, I walk 80 yards and all of a sudden, boom, deer busting out. It looks like two or three does. They bust out through this thick, thick stuff. It's starting to get real thick. And, I mean, Michael had literally just said, I think that's about where we saw that buck last year <laughs> jump out of his bed. And, I mean, it wasn't 15 seconds, I feel like, and it was just like, boom. And then all of a sudden she goes, whoo, whoo, all the way through all the cover that we were fixing to go rattle. Mm. And so I just got, I was like, okay, this is dumb. I, there's no reason to even go in there and just rattle my way down in through this stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't have anything to put up a stand or anything, so – you know, it's, it's getting closer to sunset, so I'm like, all right, whatever. Uh, let's just bail out, go drive around, and see if we can see some deer. So we we bail out, and about I don't know sunset or a little bit after, um, we take off in the truck. We're driving down this road, <clears throat> and from a pretty busy main road, um, Michael's like, oh, there's some deer in there. This is a place that we're passing by that we had seen some deer the the year before, 
and including the buck. <clears throat> I'd even hunted in here, I think two or three times a year before in some different areas right in that particular like swampy location. It's an area that has like normally holds water. So it's got lily pads. It was dry this year. Like I said, no water on the part that held it. So there's a lot of lily pads. And then there's this like slightly higher ground that, that's just willows and just thick, nasty ash trees and, you know, button brush and stuff like that. So, uh, we start, I start to slow down. We start looking. I'm like, golly, there's a buck right there. There's a buck with a doe and he is big. I mean, big, tall G2s. He's not super wide, but he's heavy and tall. And I'm like, golly, that's a, that's an awesome buck. I mean, he's big. So we look at him for a second. We get a little phone scope and, um, we kind of take off and go back to camp, start making a plan. And I'm like, dude, I got to go in there and hunt this place. I look at it. It's like he was right next to the pen that KC sent me last year where they saw that buck. Weird. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I'm like, they, they, they're, they're there. And we, we saw does there. But they are, that's where they want to be. They're there. They're there. And so I'm going to go kill them right there. And so I start making a plan. I think I called you and you were like, man, I just go in there and hang in the morning. I was thinking about kind of uh, sitting back on the ground. In the button brush. I go in there and I have one of the most frustrating hangs of my life in the dark. It was really quiet in every... Those willow trees... Glad I talked you into that. Like eight <laughs> feet up. Like eight feet up, those willow trees grow vines all the way up into that point. And mm-hmm. then they kind of stop about eight foot up or so. But it's like a nest. And so like getting up through that stuff is just loud and really difficult, especially in the dark. Well, we get in there. I get up there finally, man. I mean, it's just a disaster. But it is it is one of the highest places I could get in those willows, and I'm probably like 12 foot up. And we get up in there, and we sit. I, I, I could go on and on about this, but, like, essentially, this is a the best tree for getting some shots and having being up in the sky. But um, you don't realize it in the dark, but we are daggum Sasquatches up in this tree. I mean, it is wide open. There's no back cover and no front cover like usual. Well, um, we hunt there, and I, I'm just gonna, I just kind of say, you know what? I'm, I hop around a lot. I can always come up with a reason why I can go somewhere else and should go somewhere else for the evening or for the next day or whatever. How about if I just stay here and grind it out because I know this is where deer want to be, and eventually maybe we'll get a shot. Well, long story short, about three days later, well, maybe two days later. I think it's the first morning I hunted is is this morning. Was it? Yeah. So the, you, you had showed up, and <clears throat> we've just kind of been cranking it out in this tree. We're hunting a kind of iffy wind, uh, but I knew which direction I thought that the deer wanted to cruise if they were going to cruise. And lo and behold, dude, we're sitting there. Had, we saw like a couple of deer early, briefly. And this was a hard sit because – the highway is like 250 yards away and there's like 18 wheelers like every third car and it's just loud dude and you can't hear your cameraman beside you you know you can't talk to each other very well um especially like during the work rush that happens before you know eight o'clock in the morning a lot of mm-hmm. times so anyway we're sitting there <clears throat> sun's up seen a couple of deer um can't move because there's no wind so we're being very still but it's like 8 30 and we start we start talking about turkey hunting i think hunting on our lease turkey hunting <laughs> we're just like talking you know who was your camera guy oh michael mm. 
<clears throat> yeah, I can see why uh, turkey hunting was what you want to talk and about. And he and he's he's a good dude to talk to because he likes he likes to talk to you. He's he likes not gonna, to be excited too. He's not a guy that hops on Instagram all the time. I mean, he is going to talk to you and hang out mm-hmm. with you. So he's very present. I like hunting with him, and um, we're sitting there talking about turkeys, and I'm kind of like looking over at him talking because I can't look the other way and him hear me probably. And all of a sudden, like start hearing this. Like it's like a feeding call of a mallard, you know. <laughs> you know, it's funny. He can talk pretty fast. Yeah, he he, can. he fits in. Yeah, he does. But he gets like it's like an ascending volume. So like at first I'm like, is that a mallard? And then next I'm like, oh, he's saying something. And then next I'm like, oh, he's saying buck over and over again. And so I like it finally registers. This happens in split split second. I look over where I'm, you know, where he's kind of looking. And this buck is coming right where I thought bucks were going to cruise, right down the edge and coming right through this little gap and into this into this little pocket of kind of open stuff where bucks can hang out, not be seen from the road and whatever else. And, and like that's just where we pinned them a couple mm-hmm. times. And he's come – I mean, he's coming through the gap quick. And he's at, he's at 35 yards when I first see him. And um, – because you, you just can't see very far in here. It's thicket. And I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking that he's at, I'm think uh, he's at 35 yards. I'm thinking that when I get a shot at him, that the hole he's fixing to be 35, because it's hard to range sometimes like gaps in the, in the woods. You can't tell like how far in front of that next hard stop of, of brush that deer is actually walking. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, he's, he's fixing to walk into this gap. So I'm about to turn the camera on and I, I got to get it. Cause I don't always get the GoPro on. And sometimes my cameraman helps me with that or whatever. Sometimes, you know, I just don't have the depends on the tree setup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But a lot, I've been like struggling to get the GoPro on the last couple of, uh, times I've had deer coming in. So I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get it on. So I like see him and I'm watching him and I reach back and then I look at the GoPro and I turn it on and then I start to pull my hand back and, and I look out and I'm looking over at him and all of a sudden he just whips his head up to us and it's still just no wind. And like he, and I stop and I, and he got kind of a little bit weird cause he saw my hand moving, I guess. And it's behind me. So, so I'm doing it with my right hand, if you can imagine. And he does the thing that I've talked about so many times and I just, <laughs> Just amateured it, man. <laughs> so bad. But he does this the thing. This is that part he puts, where we can learn from our mistakes. Yes. Yeah. He puts his head down. Things are happening quick, right? Like, this is this is the bane of public land hunting, for me at least, is, like, if I'm going to kill a deer with a bow, I put myself in a situation where this happens often, where a deer shows up, he's at 35 yards, you have to kill him quick. He's fixing to walk through your, your – you don't have a feeder he's going to stop at, like – you don't have a field that he's going to stop and eat at. You don't have a doe or anything that he's going to – like, he's walking through. You've got to get him k- killed in, like, 15 seconds or less, right? Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> that's what – it makes this very hard, this thing that we're trying to do right now. And so I'm like, I got to get clipped on because he's fixing to walk uh, behind something, and I need to draw, and he's going to come out in a gap on the other side mm-hmm. just a couple of yards later. So as soon as he puts his head down, I start to move my hand again. What does he do? Lifts his head back up. He does the okey-doke thing that we've talked about so many times, especially does will do it at feeders where they, they put their head down and it's right back up. And it's like almost like a, like 
they know that animals will move, right? It's like an, almost an instinctual thing they've probably developed where, like, they know that if they see a coyote stalking them, that when they put their head down, he's going to take a few more steps. And if they put their head back up, they'll still catch him, you know? And that's what they did. And it caught me moving again. And I, so at this point, like, I'm very close to my bowstring on my right hand. And he's staring at me. So over the course of the next, like, 45 seconds, I move, like, so slow. It's one of my least favorite things to do. Yeah. Is to do the whole, I have to move while this deer is looking at me. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to do it that slow. Yeah. I, I, I just have so much fast switch about me that I have a real <laughs> yeah, hard time. It's not fun for you. I have a hard time moving that slow. It wasn't fun for me either, but I I, I pulled it off mm-hmm. and eventually get clipped on while he's kind of staring at me. I'm not very far away, guys. I moved I moved a little fast and he caught me, right? So I'm just barely moving and I get my I finally get my hand to my bowstring, clip it on, and I'm like, all right, if he doesn't run off, I'm gonna Yank the bow back as soon as he turns, right? So he he turns and starts walking broadside to me back where, he's, where he came from, slowly, finally. I yank back. The whole tree goes to whipping, dude. <laughs> I'm talking, it is just like I'm in the top of a willow tree. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I yank back. The tree is moving like crazy. And I think he's fixing to stop broadside, right? And I'm going to smoke him. And he takes like two more steps. I don't know why, but he did not he did not lock up immediately. Takes like two more steps and then gets behind this little kind of couple of trees, turns and looks at me and, and it's frontal. And I'm like, I've been shooting well. I shot all summer. I shot all summer, summer before a lot, like every day, right? I've been really mm-hmm. trying to dial it. I'm like, I got this. And so um, I'm thinking he's going to jump string a little bit. So I put my 30 about dead center on his chest, thinking that he's around 35 still. And he's got he's got a couple of little small trees right in the in front of him. So I was like, I just don't want to shoot it. And he does this thing where he starts looking through the stuff and moving his head back and forth real quick. He adjusts twice, and on the second time, I had a, I I had a shot. I felt like the vertical trees were out of the way. I go to pull the trigger. I'm using a backup release because on my last morning in Oklahoma, I took a jacket off to walk my mile and a half out and left my release on the ground and a mile and a half back in Oklahoma. And I did not want to go back in there and get it. So I'm using a backup release happens to have a heavier trigger pull than my other one that I didn't even realize was the case really. Cause just not in this situation. Well, the trigger doesn't go off when I think it's going to, and this happens in a fraction of a second where I freak out mentally, right? As it's not gone off yet, I start. I probably start relaxing and everything. I'm not a pro here, y'all. I'm just. I'm just shoot a lot, and essentially, Bo finally pull goes off, and I'm like aiming high and right when it goes off. Arrow takes off, and basically, the deer runs off with an arrow sticking out somewhere what looks like his neck, and I'm like. What is going on? He runs into the brush, stops, don't hear anything for a second, and then all of a sudden just, and I'm like, is he crashing right there? And then he runs out and runs down the edge of this stuff and is like going back and forth real weird and then dips back in. And Michael goes, he's going down. Is he going down? I was like, did you see where I hit him? <laughs> he was like, no. And I was like, it's bad, dude. So anyway, I um, end up 
we we replayed the footage. We even went back to camp before I went and looked for him or anything. I replay the footage. The arrow hits a limb and was fixing to miss him over the over the top because he ducked really hard too. The arrow hits a limb as dead center as you can. I mean, I'm talking. I found the limb later and it was sliced like you hit it with a machete. Yeah. It was I mean, wild. It was dead it's center. It's pretty big, too. It? Yeah, it was the size of a finger, you yeah. know. And he um, – and, and the arrow, when it hits that limb, almost goes straight down and goes across the back of his neck, like at the base of the skull almost, kind of cuts him there a little bit, and sticks in his ear. And I guess it hit that, that limb so hard that it lost a lot of momentum because it kind of it went through his offside ear and just stuck there like an earring. And weird. Just flopping around. It's just running off with an arrow hanging You out see of the his fletching. Ear. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing, right? <clears throat> and um, there's nothing back there to kill him, you know? But we, we did go and look for blood and stuff and just could. I mean, there was nothing. I mean, yeah. it's just, they're, they're built to fight each other with pointy things on top of their heads. Like, there's nothing on top of the neck and head that can kill except for if I'd have hit him in the spine, which I'm yeah. probably a few inches from doing. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I was I was so mad at myself. And especially when we leave there later on and it was a really tough hunt. Mm-hmm. Not to mention like, man, you I just don't I don't think I mean you guys tell me what you think, but I don't think I can put that on YouTube. I mean, this is an audience that understands here on the podcast and I can explain everything. On YouTube, on video, I mean, it just looks bad, and I, I'm, I mean, it's not lethal as far unless there's some weird thing that happens. But I mean, he's he's probably not going to die. You know, one of the main problems with YouTube is, is that um, we have a great subscriber base, and if you watch us on YouTube and you listen often and in your supporter, we thank you very much. But more often than not, on videos where there's deer in our videos, there's more people who aren't subscribed who are seeing than are. Mm-hmm. And most of those people haven't ever seen this before. So it's their first impression of us. They absolutely hate us. They hate us. You know, anytime you do anything wrong at all, you're like, oh, these are those idiots on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Which they're right, but they don't have to tell <laughs> us, you know. Yeah. But um, so I'm I'm in the boat of like, eh, we, we have nothing to gain. Yeah. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Yeah, and Market House provides everything from grass-fed beef to free-range chicken, Mm. grass-fed lamb, and even wild-caught king crab and seafood. Market House keeps small farm values, trusted sources, and clean mouth-watering food for your family. And like I said, Market House ships all orders overnight. Order today, enjoy tomorrow. 
and you can even keep the camo on for dinner, even if filet mignon is on the table. With Market House, it doesn't matter because the cuts and catches come straight to your door. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. And everybody knows how hard it is these days to find high-quality, sustainably sourced meat and seafood at their local grocery store. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit MarketHouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild. But searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in they got millions of listings across the country from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want land.com isn't just about buying and selling it's about finding a place to hunt fish explore or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets so head over to land.com today to turn one day into today because trust me there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth yeah you know that's where i'm at too man it's like and i'm probably gonna show like in the video here's a little insight for you we're probably gonna show the deer we're probably going to talk about how I had an encounter with him, but I just don't feel like I can talk about that with an audience that, you know, we hunted with a guy named Lay McNasty. We've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast and dude, he posts a picture of a deer, dead deer and people lose their minds. Like all these moms that thought he was funny because they do, he does, you know, school kid videos or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think I can't believe he's a killer, you know, yeah. he's a murderer, you know, and their name is, you know, animal spirit or something, animal spirit mom or something. But like, I, I know you can't just like let a couple of people determine what you do, but like, I just don't think it's a good idea. The problem so, is a couple of people can determine what you do. Oh, I guarantee you they can. The wrong person at Google sees the reported post or, mm-hmm. or video or whatever, and then all of a sudden, you're toast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's sad because it was a really good encounter. And like I said, I've been shooting well. Uh, but there was a lot of things that, that put... Oh, also the deer, I found out I went down there the, like a couple days later and stood where he was at. Looked at the limb that was sliced and and ranged the tree that we were in. And it was 30. So that adds to the height of mm-hmm. miss. Also, the limb that I hit was waist high, which is weird. weird. That's how how down he dropped, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. So, you know, that, that, uh, I hurt for you on that because, uh, I think a lot of people that hunt together kind of have a little bit of a team mentality. And I think that you and I probably have a really heavy team mentality because we do this together all the time. And on a hunt like that, it's like somebody here, please kill a deer. Yeah. Because it's hard. Yeah. And then whenever Spending that money happens and to you, <laughs> yeah. it's like, man, that was our chance. I'm not being well, critical of you. No, it was. And I and I appreciate you, man, because you're just good at like, you're really good at like 
Like I, what I really need, I hate that I need this, but I need it. <laughs> I, I realize that I need this. Um, is like somebody to be like, dude, it's all right. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it, man. Go out there and kill another one, you know, or whatever. Like I need somebody to tell me it's okay. Um, stuff like that happens or whatever. And you do a good job of that because you have pretty optimistic attitude. And so Thanks, man. I'll be like just – I was really like that morning. I was so, so, so mad at myself. I can imagine. I mean, not that you should be mad at yourself, but I can imagine it being hard. Yeah. I mean, I wounded a big elk this year. Same kind of thing, you know? And it's just like, oh, it just hurts, man. Mm -hmm. Because you want it so bad. You want it so bad. And it's just, it's hard to, hard to recover from. It Um, is. Also got you punched in the mouth on that trip. Oh, hard. <laughs> I mean, I'm not blaming this on you either because I told you to do it. But um, we got back to camp. We were like, man, you know, I did when I got up in that tree the other day, like I had to legit, I yanked on my bow as hard as I could because there was a, a, a vine wrapped around my sight. Mm-hmm. Could not get it off the ground. And I'm, I mean, I yanked on it hard. So I thought, well, then I messed my sight up. So we go on and start messing with stuff. And... Long story short, we we realized that it was a heavy trigger pull. So mm, sight was fine, and yeah. we th- we thought that because you had a new release, it was a heavy trigger pull, mm-hmm. and so we're going to adjust that. Yeah. And I, being the tinkerer between us two, know how to adjust that. Mm-hmm. I also know that triggers are weird, and yep. if you adjust them too lightly, they can go off on their own mm-hmm. with pressure. We talked about this before it happened. Yeah, we were prepared, and. What we were prepared for was that arrow launching um, accidentally because Tyler doesn't do, like, a terrible, like, sky draw, but he, he kind of goes up a little bit more than he does down. Yeah, that's draw. pretty high. Um, it's way easier to draw that way. That's why I do it. Yeah. It's easier on your shoulder. I mean, Crispy does it. And if Crispy yeah. can do it, you can do it. Yeah. Um, but so you were warning me. Yeah, that I was like, like, hey, keep the bow down here. We don't want to send it out in the middle yeah, of nowhere. Draw, you know? I said, hey, draw that. De- We'd already talked about it, but I was reminding yeah. you, and you were kind of pointing Sticks up. Fixing and point up, yeah. And about the time I say Dow, the end hadn't come out. And I, I was like, okay, and I start <clears> putting <throat> it down to and mm-hmm. I start moving it down. And like you said, about the time the end comes out, um, pap, <laughs> bow, bow goes off <laughs> and still shoots over the target a little bit. But it's only at like a half draw, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, I just duped it out there. I, with my right hand, hit myself in the face so hard. <laughs> I've never, I haven't been in many, I haven't been in like any fist fights, you know, yeah. but like I've been hit by football players and stuff mm-hmm. a lot, right? That was about probably the hardest I've ever been hit in the mouth. I got hit in the mouth of the head in basketball one time, a little bit harder probably, but it hit my nose so hard that my nose bled mm-hmm. and my mouth had teeth imprints in the front mm-hmm. top of my lip mm-hmm. for like, might still be there. No, we're good. <laughs> but it was there for a while, dude. And I couldn't eat food that was salty or whatever yeah. for a while. I mean, it was. <laughs> Just so happens to be one of the best cooks in ca- uh, ever in I camp. I guarantee so. you, dude. But it hurt so bad. I was like, and I felt bad, you know, because Scott laughed immediately. <laughs> and then he like really quickly found out like, oh, I shouldn't be laughing, you know. And I think everybody was kind of like, <laughs> you know, or whatever. I've always been, like, I got. Some of the worst times I got in trouble when I was a kid was laughing. People got hurt. Mm-hmm. I've always been that guy. Yeah. And it's kind of a guy thing to do, yeah. you know, but, like, you do need to have some concern for your friend. Dude, I smoked myself. And I so I, like, went inside because I could tell. I, I, I don't know if I've really, like, ever had, like, a 
bad nosebleed or anything when I got hit in the nose because I got a hard nose. It's kind of built out of steel. But um, I I went in there. I was like, it's fixing to bleed. And so I got it some paper towels. It didn't bleed bad, but, like, I, it bled. And so, yeah, that was – and that was just this – that was the beginning of what would just continue to be terrible hunting conditions. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we ended up getting in the river with our boats and stuff, and I – I tore my trailer up trying to get my boat in uh, in the river because the ramp was, I mean, there was like no water on the ramp. And so it was just like rock piles and shallow water. And I was going to go to a place that was my backup, A, number one, going to kill a giant. And I, I get to the creek that you drove down last year with your boat, mm-hmm. and it was eight inches deep the whole way. And if I, that. Was like, I mean, it was, it was bad. Mm-hmm. It was shallow. So I, I couldn't go. So we ended up. Just hunting with everybody else in the same spots that everybody else could That's get it. to, you know. It was so fun. <clears throat> the neat thing is that you were able to get your boat out of the water. Yep. I you messed your trailer up backing it in and hitting rocks. I messed my trailer up on the way down. My bearing goes out in my boat trailer. And it's an old boat trailer, you know. So like this thing happens from time to time. And the last time this bearing was replaced was probably ten years ago. It was a buddy bearing. And I think that the like the the packing on the seal on the front side came out on the way. <clears throat> and so I don't know how long it was out, but I usually stop and check that kind of stuff from time to time. And I stopped halfway and my, all my bearings were fine. So at some point in time between the Arkansas-Texas line and that boat ramp, my bearing went out. And uh, apparently it went out. Greg said he saw the tire leaning sideways the day before. He didn't inform me of that. It's weird how a guy doesn't talk much doesn't yeah, talk much. He just takes notes, you know. <laughs> just he loves to be notes. retrospective. He loves like, you know, I saw that. Um hey, it's a good way to be right. That's right, dude. Um so uh I then can't get my boat out of the water because I'm not gonna be able to take it back to camp anyways. We're a long way from camp at the boat ramp, so I just leave my boat in the water, start working on the trailer the next day after we hunt the same place everybody else was hunting that morning. Um, and uh, we're having bad hunts. We're going to leave that part out. Bunts. I go back and get a bearing. It's the wrong bearing. I have to go back again to get the right bearing, get the right bearing, and uh, get back to the boat ramp to work on the trailer. The trailer, the bearing won't go on the trailer. This thing's called a spindle. It sticks out from the trailer. It's connected to your axle. I can't get it up on the spindle all the way. I was like, what's going on? Start looking at the spindle. The spindle is, has etched and lumped up a bunch of metal from the bearing going out. And it's like unfixable. I might have could have taken a file to it and got it down to where I could get the bearing on. But then like, who knows if that's going to even get me back to the house because then it's like not a perfect system, mm-hmm. you know. And when you got... Going 70 miles down, seventy miles an hour down the road, you want things to be right. So, long story short, and this is what we're going to build a little content around in the video, is um, I spend two-thirds of my Arkansas hunt working on the trailer, and I drop the axle completely out of this trailer and put a new axle on my trailer at the boat ramp in Arkansas while my boat is down there in the water. Uh, and that takes about three days. So, um, yeah. That was fun, and the moral of the story is it's good to know how to do a few things. I'm not bragging on myself um, because I was the idiot who drove the trailer with a bad bearing in it, but, like, 
problem solving. This is something I learned from Tyler, uh, which I didn't learn problem solving from Tyler. But no, like, you've been a good problem solver for a minute. The ish, like the topic of problem solving, it's a is a thing to spend some time on, especially with your kids, but just even as an adult, like some self evaluation stuff. Like, are you being a problem solver? If you're not. How do you learn problem solving and how do you make yourself better at that? You know, there's YouTube University, Podcast University. Y'all are attending it right now, right, mm-hmm. on certain things like whitetail hunting and all that. There are countless hours of shows and videos and podcasts and this, that, and the other uh, where people tell you how to do stuff, mm-hmm. right? It's a great way to learn how to do things if you don't know. Thankfully, me, I was raised blue collar, you know, and we – didn't have enough money to buy new stuff, so we had to fix our old stuff all the time. And so... You went to the University of Butch and Durwood. I guarantee you. Uh, <laughs> University of... Uh, oh, there's a hole in that throat saying tied up with some monofilament. You know, you probably know a little something about that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, oh, your uh, trot line's rotten here. Just tie in some good stuff there in that one spot. And then you don't uh, get your catfish because your trot line breaks. <laughs> um, you definitely know about that. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, never. I've never dropped a axle out of a trailer and put it in there but it ain't hard it's four bolts you just gotta know which four to take out mm-hmm. and you gotta know what measurements to do and i didn't know what measurements to do so i call the axle place and i say hey how do i determine what size axle this thing needs to be and they tell me and i do it and we do it all and um it's got a little wiggle room you know for tolerances but not much but i was within an eighth inch on my measurements and got the new one in there and once we had the new one it took an hour to put the axle on and to put the wheels back on. And mm-hmm. now we're ready to rock and roll. Got a brand new one. You yeah. Know? So yeah. It's, uh, it's, and it translates over into deer hunting, right? You show yes. up. Tyler, <clears throat> you show up to a tree you've never been to in the morning. It's our favorite thing to do, right? Like mm-hmm. if we had to pick, we would say, no, I'm going somewhere I've never been in the morning because it's, <laughs> my, it's the best. Yep, um, it's the best. Since the sarcasm, guys, since it. Mm-hmm. Um, you show up to a tree you never been to in the morning because Casey tells you there's going to be a scrape down there at the end of this lake, and there is. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there are some trees down there that are kind of big, mm-hmm. and you climb the tree, and you get up there, and then all of a sudden, what happens? Uh, you can't get your saddle platform around the tree. The platform strap is shorter than the straps on the sticks. What do you do? Do you cry? Do you go home? I, I cried. But I, but then I, then <laughs> After I did something you cry, else. what do you do? <laughs> uh, you go find another tree. You just climb down and redo it, yeah. right? Because that's what you got to do. Sometimes you know? it takes a little extra work. Man. It does, man. Sometimes you got to sweat, and that's the way it goes. But yeah, um, that's uh, about near what Arkansas was, man. There just yeah. wasn't a whole lot that happened, um, and that you'll have that. On yep. them big jobs, as yep. they say, um, <laughs> and uh, that's hunting, you know, yep. and. And uh, it might look like we kill a bunch of big deer on, on YouTube because we do, but the reason it looks that way sometimes is because um, we don't put the boring stuff on you. We try not to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, that's kind of um, where Arkansas went for us. And then uh, even furthermore, I don't know how much time you want to even spend on it, but you went back to Oklahoma by yourself. Yeah, um, I did. And, man, it was very tough. Um, I actually hunted a, a new place uh, because I thought it would be, um, you know, 
breath of fresh air. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's something you've looked forward to. You kind of have been looking at this area for a long time. Yeah, we just hadn't it hadn't really set up for us to go give it a try, and so I end up hunting a new place. One of our initiatives this year was that Tyler and I, even though we love each other, we don't have to be in the same place all the time, uh-huh. right? Like we can go do. Which I think now thing. we're learning what we do. We, <laughs> we need can to be. do better when we're together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's more fun too. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I. Uh, I went to this place and I was really pumped. I thought I would for sure get into, um, you know, some deer. And the one thing that I didn't realize is that parking was cut off way up by the highway. And so essentially it made this place hunt like really hard. Um, In fact, this place has not been managed, in my opinion, super well. And that oh. place has grown extremely tall, which we had, it was the year of the native grass, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, we had they had June rains all throughout the Plains states this year that just made those things awesome, you know? But, like, you couldn't see nothing. You had to be in a tree. Well, guess what? They've done some habitat management that just so happens that all the trees that you uh, – are looking forward to hunting. Mm-hmm. You can't see them till you get there because the grass is 10 foot tall. Mm-hmm. But then when you get there, the tree doesn't exist mm-hmm. because of what they've done. It's cool. Yeah. Onyx has a pretty, they do a pretty good job with, uh, you know, recent imagery type stuff. But whenever they cut something down a month ago or whatever it is mm-hmm. or this summer, like, it's pretty unreasonable to think that for sure. There's an update. I mean, to that. they can on X. It doesn't put the satellites in the air. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. so they can only they can only have Elon does. imagery. <laughs> yeah, they can only have imagery that has been taken by some you know uh, technology juggernaut or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, that, it made things really tough. There wasn't actually very many good trees to hang in. They were also doing some management at the time. Uh, cool. Which, you know, it's hunting season, so why can't we do that maybe after hunting season when people who pay lots of money to come hunt aren't there? Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it made that plus that tall grass. Like, even when I did get in a tree, dude, there was times when I could not see deer. I mean, the first deer that I saw from a tree stand, I sat in the right tree. I picked the right spot, and I did not see the deer until they were 30 yards from me. Every mm. Every deer that came out that afternoon i couldn't see it till it was 30 yards from me it's and rough, so man. it's like man how are you supposed to self-film and kill a deer with zero wind and hardly any trees and really tall grass and it was it made it really difficult um i got creative hunted some stuff i mean and that's another thing is like i was i was i was checking stuff out that was two and a half miles back i mean way way back mm-hmm and I feel like you couldn't you couldn't get into deer. Like I feel like you couldn't get into a buck at this point in the season without doing a, a legit like mile and a half at least on this place. And so it just made a tough hunt, man. And I mean, there's not a whole not a whole lot else to say about it except for there wasn't wasn't nearly as many deer as I thought there should have been. There was a lot of coyotes, and I think that the management. I know that oh we're supposed to manage for all the species, you know, or whatever. But like. Ain't people buying, you know, $400 worth of coyote tags mm-hmm. and spending money to drive out of state and go hunt these places. And even if they are, there's 10 to 1 white to hunters. For sure. To people who are coyote first. Yeah. So, I mean, th- that's the thing is I don't think the white tails had enough edge on this place to mm-hmm. 
to really thrive. Lots of monotony. Lots of it. Lots mm-hmm. of it. So it was tough, man. And uh, and that really put me in a spot where like my late November, early December time period, like just kind of petered out and was super slow and tough. And it kind of put a bad taste in my mouth till our more recent trip, which we can probably talk about on next next week's podcast sounds like a good idea there is some excitement to come and if you are in the south right now um there there's some positivity out there there's some good things going on if you're in the north sounds like there's also a way to kill deer up there i don't know how but apparently they just go south they go eat and you can go to places <laughs> they eat and shoot them uh because there's a lot of big deer going down still um yep anyways there's a lot of southern ruts still happening i'm about to try to go capitalize on that a little bit this week i think Sweet. um but yeah if you didn't know um, our good friend Greg doesn't talk a lot, but he shoots deer. Um, mm-hmm. And we just put out a video on our YouTube. Uh, he kind of does this thing every year. He's got a family place down there in the hill country where he can go and hunt and be kind of conservative. Greg's a conservative dude. He likes he that. And, um, you know, get some good footage of, of some deer. He's got a lot of good deer footage, a lot of cool encounters, a lot of deer rutting doing the thing. And uh, he takes a real nice buck. And so uh, go check that out. If you haven't on our YouTube channel, we'll put the link to that description below. Tyler, anything else we need to talk about? No, I don't I don't think so. Um, I would just say, man, there's a lot of there's a lot of good hunting left this season still. Mm-hmm. Like and if you're a whitetail hunter, you may be kinda on the downhill. I'm not, but you might be, and that's okay. But there's duck hunting and all kinds of stuff to get out there Listen, and do right now. Hogs, whatever, man. Our deer lease has got a squirrel corridor. It is made for squirrel hunting. Really? Yes. I did not know that. Yeah. I didn't tell you on purpose because I wanted to hunt over there for deer. <laughs> um, but uh, we could, we can go put bands of squirrels in our waist when we walk through the woods down there. Really? Yeah. It's like a weird deal where there's a whole bunch of horse apple trees down in there. And there ain't no acorns around, so it's just like that's what the squirrels are in there eating, and they are everywhere. And they, dude, get this. They, like, look at you from 15 yards away at five foot up and just kind of look at you when you walk through there. I might need to know about I this. I thought about shooting one with 30-30 the other day. <laughs> I did. Oh, man. Uh, but, yep, next podcast, guys, there will be uh, some big buck stories. So be ready for that. I think there might be new whitetail bumps coming out pretty soon. Pretty soon so, I can't be held accountable for anything those guys do, but apparently it's a pretty good listen from what I hear. Yep. I haven't, I haven't listened to one I've heard yet. it was coming out uh, the day we record this podcast, so it might be out before How we release about this. Yeah. yeah, good deal. Okay, well, remember to check that out, and remember, this is your element. Live in it. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. 
For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. 